Welcome to the Watershed Teaching Podcast. Watershed is the high school ministry of Perimeter Church in Johns Creek, Georgia. Perimeter Church is part of the Presbyterian Church in America. Watershed is a place where we hope high school students would connect, receive, and transform. We want to see students connect with God and others through healthy community, receive His truth through gospel-centered, grace-based teaching, and be transformed by the gospel to then go transform their world. Thank you for downloading this podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.perimeter.org slash watershed. So we are starting a new series called Sacred Hearts, and I'm excited about kicking this off. We are going to be in the Psalms, and the Psalms is one of my favorite uh, books of the Bible, and it's, it's really a collection, right? The Psalms is a long collection of prayers, of songs, of poetry that is written crying out to God. And I love the Psalms because you get a little bit of a flavor of all the different types of human emotion that you can experience. Calling out to God within the Psalms, right? You, you, see, you see prayers of joy, praise, lament, people crying out to God. You see cries for justice happening in the Psalms. There are times when my soul is a little bit, you know, off, and I'm, I don't know why, or if I feel like I'm in the desert, I'll tell you, there are times when, when I feel dry spiritually, I go to the Psalms. And I love, sometimes I'll just plant myself in the Psalms for like a year and just read Psalms for my quiet time. It's happened before. It can be just an amazing thing to feed your soul to spend some time in that book. And it's written by, a lot of people feel like it's written by David, but really there's a, it's a collection of different writers. David did write the most psalms. And today, just to kick this off, we're going to kind of jump into the first two psalms. And so Kaylee read the first one, and it's a beautiful psalm. It kind of zeroes in on a person's life and says, what kind of person, you know, kind of right out of the gate to talk about Following the Lord, what kind of person, there's a contrast of two different priorities that we see in this person right in Psalm 1. And so right out of the gate, he starts talking about, blessed is the man, and then he goes into saying, who is not, who walks not like this. Okay, and we see this this crazy progression of how we slowly get involved in a life of sin, right? He says, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Okay, there's a progression that takes place here, right? He's saying, first, you start out by walking in the counsel of the wicked. You're hanging out, you're walking in the same direction with these people who are not following after God. And notice, though, he goes from walking to standing. Now you're just, you're hanging with them. And suddenly, you're sitting in the seat of scoffers. There's this progression, right, from walking to sitting with them. And now you are one of them. You are a part of that community. And he says, this isn't, this isn't the kind of person who follows after the Lord. And he compares that to the godly person. And I love this metaphor that he brings in. Because really, a lot of what he's talking about in Psalm 1 is priorities, right? He's talking about priorities. And I do want to say... In that first part, he's not talking about someone who witnesses. He's not talking about somebody who's sharing their faith to be with sinners. It's okay to be around sinners. We're all sinners, right? 
in need of grace. And so to be around unbelievers is, is a great thing. But he's talking about this is the difference in being around them and taking counsel and eventually sitting and leading the scoffers. Okay, that's a difference. And so then he starts to say, what are your priorities, right? And that's really, to me, a lot of where he's going with this psalm. What are our priorities? Um, where are you planted? Because he goes right into this where he says, but the godly person, he is like a tree, right? His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on the law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and does not wither. I love that look, okay, that view, that image of a tree that is planted by this stream. Do we have a picture of that? Um, you know, you think of this, this metaphor that he's using, right? That you are this gorgeous, beautiful tree and you are planted in something that is going to nourish you and give you life. I, I love that, that image, I mean, I want to go there. I want to, I want to hang out and lay under that tree all day long when I see this picture. Um, and so what I want to ask you today, when it comes to priorities, when you think about that, what are your priorities and where are you planted? Where are you planted right now? Because here's the thing. You are planted in something. You are seeking something to give you life. You're looking for that. Your roots are going down right now into some aspect, looking for it to give you life satisfaction. And I want to know, it's good to ask yourself that question. What is that thing that you're doing? What is that thing that you're pursuing? Um, you know, years ago, someone gave me a home gym, all right? And it was like this big contraption, and it was probably worth like hundreds of dollars. It was really cool. It took up like half my bedroom. But you know what, you know what we did at my house? It, it, I hung clothes on it. Like, it, it, just, it just didn't get much use. I joined gym. I've been a member of every gym in this area, pretty much. Okay? Do I look like, I want you to know, do I look like I'm planted at the gym? No. Thank you. Whoever said that, I love you. But, you know what? I don't look like I'm planted there. And what's crazy is, is you know, you, you can have the key fob that lets you in the gym, and you're like, yeah, yeah oh, yeah, I'm a member. You know, it says, like, what your gym is on there, like Lifetime Fitness or something, and it says it. And, and so, you know, you've got the fob, and so you kind of check the box, and you feel like, yeah, I, no, this is it. I work out. Yeah, that's, that's who I am. That's where I'm planted. We know, you know the kind of person that's planted at the gym, right? You've been there, and you've seen the gym rat, if you've ever been in a gym. Somebody who looks like they're in there like three or four hours a day, right? They got all the right workout equipment on. They're ripped you know, in every way, shape, and form. There's somebody who's planted at the gym. I am not someone who is planted. Um, but you know what's interesting? There's a, there's a gym called uh, Planet Fitness. Has anybody ever heard of that? It's by Chick-fil-A, I think. Okay, we got, we got a few people. I think Planet Fitness is like $10 a month. Okay, okay. Did you know that their philosophy of, is that basically... By only charging $10, they're, they're, they're alleviating guilt, okay, of like, their, their philosophy is to get a ton of people who really know they should be working out, but are really not going to prioritize it, but I'll pay $10 a month to not work out, but say that I'm a member of a gym. Think about that. 
Think about that. Yeah, so they, so they get tons of people to pay $10. If you go there, it's empty because no one's going because, ah, I just paid $10. If I don't use it, it's okay. I mean, they serve pizza at Planet Fitness for free. That's crazy, right? They're clearly not interested in my fitness if they serve pizza, okay? So, but you know what? I think that Planet Fitness is a lot like the American church, okay? Because a lot of people... Say, you know what, yeah, I prayed a prayer one time, I call myself a Christian, I believe Jesus is God, I have no interest in walking through the door. I have no interest in letting it really define who I am. I am not going to be a tree that is planted in God, right? And we are like the planet fitness of Christianity at times. It's It's not a real priority. Now you take that and you compare it to lifetime fitness where... That place is expensive. I'm sure a lot of you are, yeah, a lot of you are members here. We have been, I I was a member for a while, and I was like, I can't keep this up. I'm not using it, clearly. And it costs a ton of money. There's a cost. It is so costly, you have to use it. And you know what? When I joined, that's what they told me. The reason that they, they charge so much, one is it's pretty nice, right? It's swanky. But the other thing is, They want it to cost a lot so that you will make it a priority. And when you think about Christianity, right, Jesus paid the ultimate price so that we would be like this tree, that we would plant ourselves into him, into into something that is eternal. He is the word made flesh, the, the living God, the ultimate expression of who God is. And yet a lot of us don't take the time to really know him and to plant ourselves in him. He died so that we can plant our roots in him. Don't you understand that? Listen to this from John 4. Jesus said, and he was talking to the woman at the well, everyone who drinks of this water, he's talking about a regular well, will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I give them will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus is saying, plant yourself in me. You plant yourself in me, and you will never be thirsty again. That, and he's talking about spiritual thirst. He's saying you will never be spiritually thirsty again. Kaylee, you can go ahead and start coming back up. So I want you to think about this. So the Bible, if you want to plant yourself in God, this, the Bible is where we need to go. This is the main thing that he uses to give us life. Think about this. If the God of the universe wrote this, okay, the God of the universe wrote this, and he says, if you really want to know me, this is where you need to plant yourself, and you want to spend some time here and let this define your life. Aren't we crazy not to spend time in his word, not to spend time in him planted and rooted? Because when we do, what is the promise that he gave us in that psalm? He says, when we do that, we will have fruit in our lives in its season. doesn't mean you'll have fruit all the time in your life, but you will see fruit in your life in its season. All right, we're going to read Psalm 2 now. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in heaven laughs. 
The Lord holds them in derision, and he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled, but blessed are all who take refuge in him. Okay, so if the first psalm was kind of a micro of like what kind of person, what are our priorities, the second psalm, it's like he pulls way back and looks kind of from the, from the seat of heaven. And he says, you know what? At the very beginning, he says, why do the nations rage and people plot in vain? If the first psalm is about what are our priorities, I feel like the theme of this psalm is talking about who's in charge. Who is in charge? Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? You know, that's a good question, who's in charge? Years ago, I had a friend, uh, his name's Alfin, he's a good buddy of mine, and when his kids were little, he said when he would go on vacation, he would get in the car and they would start driving to Florida, and he would find an excuse to spank every one of his four kids somewhere between the time they left here and the time they got to Florida. Now think about that. He said no matter how small it was, don't you, what, talk back to me, pulling the car over, he's spanking somebody on the side of the road. Now, did his kids really deserve that? Probably not. But you know what he said? He said after that, they had the best vacation every time he did that. Because you know what he did? He established that he was in charge. He established right from the beginning, hey, we're going to go and we're going to have a great vacation, but you need to keep in mind that I'm the one who's in charge. And everybody was, had an amazing time when they know that, right? When they knew the dad was in charge, they relaxed and enjoyed themselves in that situation. Okay? And so the nations are raging, right? They are. Right now, the nations are raging. What are they raging about? What are the nations raging about now? Who's going to be the next president? The coronavirus, right? We're raging about that. Trade deficits, climate change, the war in Afghanistan, global terrorism. You can go on and on. Plastic straws. We're raging about plastic straws, right? I'm not, but a lot of people are. So think about this. The nations are raging and what, is, what does this psalm say is God's response? I love it. In verse 4, in verse 4, it says that the nations are raging, but in verse 4, it says God sits in heaven and he laughs. Okay? God sits in heaven and he laughs. Now, he's not laughing because he thinks the things that I mentioned aren't serious. Some of those things are very serious. But he's laughing because he knows that he is large and in charge, right? He knows that the things that bring us anxiety, the things that cause that knot in our stomach, the things that the nations are raging about, he is not concerned. He's not concerned. And this, is, this psalm is a beautiful reminder of that. He reminds us even at the end game. Verse 8 says, Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the end of the earth your possessions. This is a messianic psalm and it's talking about Jesus' second coming. And he's saying, you know what? I'm going to give Jesus all the nations. That is his inheritance. He will come and he will rule. 
He came the first time as a suffering servant, but the second time he is coming to rule this world and the universe and everything in it. And he is saying, I am large and in charge. I can handle this. They can rage all they want, but ultimately it will be his. And this is a beautiful reminder for us. If he can handle the nations, can he handle what you're dealing with right now? If he can handle the nations, can he handle where you go to college? Can he handle the things that you're struggling with? The things that are keeping you up at night? Can he handle those things if he can handle the nations? It's almost like our dad is Bill Gates and we're worried about an overdue library book and the fee that we're going to have to pay. And our dad has all billions and billions of dollars and we're stressing over this, right? He laughs. Bill Gates would laugh. He might lecture you about turning it in on time and being more responsible next time. But he could buy the library. <laughs> right? That's the way we need to think of our problems and go, you know what? God can buy the library. My problems are not that big. Because he laughs at the nations and the things that people are struggling with. And I love this. At the very end of this psalm, he says, Blessed are all who take refuge in him, right? He takes us right back to where we were in Psalm 1 that says, what are you planted in? So let me close with this. I saw a Facebook post today of a student that I had years ago, and he was struggling. He was struggling really bad with the world. It was drawing him. It was so enticing. And it was just, it was just too much. And he walked away. He walked away from our youth group. He walked away from the church. And he entered into a lifestyle that's completely antithetical to God. And today I saw his Facebook post. And it said one thing. He said, please send me love today. Please send me love today. And I was thinking, gosh, how much has he got to be hurting that he is pleading with his friends to just send him love and send him a little note of encouragement. And sure enough, you know what they did? I looked at the comments underneath and, oh, man, people were sending him memes of hugging teddy bears and, oh, you're the best and, yeah, I love you and all that. But I had to stop and think, for him to plead like that and say, send me love today, I had to think about what was he planted in. His roots were going down and whatever it was that he was seeking satisfaction in was dry. It was so dry that he was crying out to anybody and everybody on social media, like hundreds of people, saying, someone just send me a message so I can have a little bit of hope. Right? That's what he was doing. Because he's planted in the wrong thing. And so that's my question for you today is where are you planted and is it something that's eternal? Is it that living water that will never make you thirst again? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for these psalms. Thank you for this message that we have in the scriptures, Lord, where we have these prayers that are crying out to you. And Lord, I pray that we would plant ourselves in you not only in your word, that we would spend time in prayer, that your spirit would commune with our spirit and that we would drink of that living water that never will let us down. Lord, thank you for the book of prayers in the scriptures 
that show every emotion, that show people who are angry at you, that we can be safely angry at you, that we can, Lord, we can rage like the nations. And Lord, you laugh. You laugh because you have us. You have us in your lap. You want to spend time with us and give us good things because we're your children. Thank you for that truth today. In Christ's name, amen.